Hey everybody, welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I'm your host, Chris Cosentino. We are here to talk about people that inspire and all my guests are inspiring in so many different ways. And I'm really looking forward to digging deep into how they got to where they are, to the top of their game, how hard they've worked, how much they've given up and how they're giving back. So without further ado, here's our next guest. Hey everybody, welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I am here today with Jay Raw. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have downloaded a Matchstick Productions film, which I do every year, which for those of you who don't know is a ski film. And Jay rips, but Jay's different. Jay rides on a sit ski. So to watch him throw a backflip in a sit ski, my mind was blown. So I'm really excited to talk with Jay today about where he is now, where he came from, and the direction he's headed. Jay, welcome. Thanks for having me, man. So you're a Florida guy. Yep. And let's just start off by not many Florida folks end up in the snow, uh, unless it's by accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you, born and raised Florida you decided to look to base jumping like how did that all come about oh man i don't really know where the idea got started but uh when i was little i always like climbing up trees and roofs and jumping off stuff and i always just had this uh urge to fly so i kind of started looking into different ways to do it and uh found out that with base jumping you know you could go jump off buildings it was kind of like this this like sneak mission type deal I was, I was super into it so got into skydiving um did a couple hundred jumps and, and then learned how to base jump with my buddies so for a lot of folks out there who may not understand what base jumping is can you explain the basis of it yes so base is an acronym it stands for building antenna span and earth and a span being a bridge um and each of those are four fixed objects that uh that you would go jump off of with a, a single parachute system. And that parachute system is usually held in your hand and you throw it. Uh, it can be. There's there's a lot of different ways that you can jump, uh, depending on the height of the object or what your goal is during the jump. Um, there's a static line where you can attach the bridle, which is attached to the little, the little parachute, the first one that you throw out. Uh, it's called the pilot chute. So you would attach the static line to whatever object you're jumping off of. And when you jump, it breaks after pulling the parachute out and then you're open pretty high. Um, you can go handheld where you hold the pilot chute in your hand and you jump, pitch it, or you can have it stowed in the uh, bottom of container pouch, the BOC, and jump off and that's where you reach back and pitch. So how many base jumps had you completed? Like how many of those have you, had you done? Uh, so before my accident, I had like 360 some odd jumps. That's huge. So like to base jump, you first have to be certified as a skydiver, correct? You, you learn the process, you learn how to pack your shoe, you go through the whole, I mean, this isn't something that you can just do overnight. Yeah. No, I mean the, the people that, that just get right into base jumping, they call it a death camp. You know, you really, base is kind of a disorganized, um, unregulated sport. That's, that's more, more of self-regulation. So it's recommended that you have 200 skydives and the reason for that being that when you're jumping off of an object you might not necessarily have the wide open field to land in. you might have to bring it down between trees or navigate power lines and and other you know obstacles so it's it's better to have the experience under your belt 
before getting into the sport. <laughs> Which I think is really, I mean, that's, that's a lot of what I want to, that I've been talking about on this podcast. It's like having the legs uh, and the history of understanding to do things prior to making these big, huge leaps. Right. And I think this is a really perfect example. It's like, how many jump you do, you do jumping out of a plane. Like I've always wanted to do it. I'm completely scared shitless of it and base jumping. I've always been enamored by, but there's no way I've bungee jumped. Okay. You got a big giant rubber band attached to your ankles and you bounce yeah. around like a pogo stick upside down and feel like a barf, but you just took it up. Like you're just going and going. I mean, did you, as you were doing these different jumps, were you going lower to the ground? Were you going higher? Was it more, because I've seen all the sneaky games you got to play to get to some of these places jump. I mean, we all know you got to jump a fence or you got to sneak into a building with a backpack. That's not, nobody knows. Like I've seen it all. Like I know all the tricks, yeah. but like how many of those and, and, and how did that span over time? Uh, so you're, you're talking about just specifically the base jumping? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, growing up in Florida, we either had uh, antennas, which, uh, you know, or like the, the radio antennas or the TV antennas, um, or we had buildings and buildings were, were hard to get access to, especially being a young guy in the sport. Um, when you get information on how to get into these things, you, you keep it real close and real quiet until you're sure that the person you're jumping with isn't going to mess it up for everyone. Um, so pretty much we, we found this, uh, this app that had information on all of the, the, the towers, the, the antenna towers and, and the radio towers and TV towers. And it would tell you the height and the location of these things. So you could look at a map and see, okay, well, I'm two hour drive from this one. And uh, you do all the research, you look at the fields, you look and see where the landing areas are, what kind of winds you're gonna need. And when, uh, when the weather matches up with, with the conditions that you need, you go out in the middle of the night and climb up these things in the dark and jump before anyone, anyone's even awake. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So you had whole slew of skydiving, whole slew of base jumping, and then you had an accident. Yeah. And are you comfortable talking about that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to explain to everybody, you know, there are, even as trained as you were, shit goes pear-shaped, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this one went bad uh, for a lot of reasons. The first being that typically when I jumped, I was jumping by myself. Uh, I was living in Twin Falls, Idaho, where there's a bridge called the Perrine Bridge. It's 486 feet. It's a, it's a huge span bridge over the, the Snake River. Um, and you're allowed to jump off of it. Any time of the day or night, they, the county is super cool with it. And uh, they, they just let people, it's, it's, it's a huge attraction from all over the world. So cool. it's, it's fairly safe. I mean, you're jumping over the water. Um, you got, you got a decent amount of time before you have to pull your parachute and, uh, everything that I did was kind of incrementally like stepped up. So any, any skills that I was trying to add, I was doing them a little at a time. This one, me and my buddy were walking under the bridge for, you know, two minutes away from jumping and we're like, Hey, let's jump together. Like, okay, so we're going to jump at the same time. And then I get this idea. Well, how about I stand on your shoulders and I'll hold my pilot shoot in my right hand and your pilot shoot in my left. And then we'll just fall off. I'll throw my pilot chute, it'll open my parachute, and then I'll pull your parachute and you'll open up underneath me and then we'll just fly in together. Sounded super awesome. <laughs> so uh, we, we talked about this for maybe 30 seconds. You know what I mean? It wasn't a super planned thing. I stood on his shoulders uh, to make sure that I was stable up there. And I'm like, okay, cool. The worst that can happen, I'll fall into the canyon. 
I'll let your pilot shoot go. You'll open up above me. I'll take it low and, and toss mine and, you know, it'll go bad, but it won't go bad, bad. Uh, I didn't think about uh, the fact that I needed to initiate the fall. So when he, he, he leaned forward and it kind of kicked me backwards and it just started a shit show. Um, I tried to jump off of his shoulders and land on the bridge. His uh, bridle got wrapped around my leg. And when I jumped off of him, I pushed him into the, into the Canyon. So he's falling, his parachute's coming out. I'm bouncing off the bridge. Uh, you know, everything's kind of, kind of going really bad. And, and then I flipped over and landed inside of his parachute, which, which collapsed it caused him to go back into free fall with me. Um, I kicked out of his parachute, my parachute opened and into his and kind of tangled and, and we fell the rest of the way and hit the ground. Wow. And that was what year? Uh, 2014. So now, you know, we're, we're 2022, which is, I mean, that's, you know, you, you've had years since then. Um, I know that you've been, um, you're doing some crazy stuff right now. And, and I kind of want you to explain your, your road to where you are now, because you were doing something that is, base jumping is like heralded all over the world. People are doing crazy things. They go from base jumping to uh, squirrel suits and they're flying. And I mean, and I'm assuming that was your next goal was to get to that point. Yeah. And I would love for you to, to share with everybody like what you went through from that point to where you are right now, because what you're doing right now, it's really powerful. And I think you've overcome a lot of obstacles to get to this point. And you're also really happy doing it because the look on your face when you're doing it is priceless. Thanks. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it was a tough road to be honest. Um, you know, right off the bat, they, uh, they, they took me in a boat up to the hospital it's there's there's like a little drop off point that's a mile away from the local hospital. Um, went into surgery immediately and and uh, was transferred within a week uh, to Tampa, where my family lives. Um, spent some time in the inpatient uh, therapy uh, ward there and and uh, did outpatient rehab. And um, you know right off the bat, I felt like yeah this is fine. I'll I'll be good in like six months. I'll be back to normal like 100. percent And and they're telling me now, nah, man, you're you're going to be lucky if you walk very well anymore. You know, I had a, a incomplete spinal cord injury. So my L5 uh, nerve group uh, peripheral, which means it was out of the spinal cord, um, was what was damaged. So my glutes, hamstrings, and calves uh, were pretty severely affected, as well as my anterior, anterior tibialis, which uh, is what lifts your foot up. So I've got drop foot on my left side. I got to wear an AFO brace uh, to walk around with. Um, you know, those, those things were all, all affected. And, and I'm just like, no, no, I'm going to be back to hundred percent. Like just watch and just watching the months roll by and the progress, not stacking the way I wanted to. It was, uh, it was pretty exhausting mentally, uh, to, to deal with that. Um, I got, uh, in a pretty dark place for a little while, just not knowing what my life was going to be here. I was, you know, jumping off of cliffs and buildings and, and bridges with my friends and planning on you know, like you're saying, doing the wingsuit stuff in Europe and, and uh, just had a, had a pretty uh, solid progression plan set up for, for where I wanted to be. And seeing that all just kind of disappear was, was pretty big, um, uh, you know, a lot to deal with. So it was a few years down the road, um, was living at my mom's house, really no purpose. And, and uh, my girlfriend and I took a road trip and my mom's like, hey, uh, you should check out sit skiing. 
I'm like, nah, I, I don't want to do that. Because all the videos that I saw mom, this. How did your mom come to find sit skiing? That's a, that's a really interesting, like, yeah, you live in Florida. Your mom's like, why don't you go sit skiing? <laughs> uh, that's actually, you know, a, a pretty sad story as well. When I was like 15, a couple of buddies of mine got in a car accident. Uh, one of them passed away and the other one uh, ended up with a, a brain damage. And he's still alive to this day. They weren't sure if he was going to make it, you know, and his mom is, is really supportive. She, uh, she takes him out and gets him active and does all these things with him, takes him to do all these, you know, different experiences, just, just on the, you know, hoping that if he's in there, he's going to be having a, a decent time kind of a deal. Uh, so she told my mom about sit skiing and my mom relayed that to me and uh, I'm watching and, and I'm seeing the videos of just people getting pushed down the hill. And from a, from a person who liked to consider myself pretty independent, it just seemed like it was not the way I wanted to spend my time, you know? Um, and, and I had the wrong impression of it. Honestly, I was just watching little, little videos and, and I found uh, a video that, that uh, Josh Duick put out. Um, he's, he was the first guy to ever do a backflip on a sit ski. And when I saw that it clicked, I'm like, wow, okay. So you can do cool stuff on, on these things. Like, all right, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, so on the road trip, we, uh, we went to, uh, uh Snowbird, Utah. Uh, Wasatch Adapt Adaptive Center, Adaptive Sports Center there. Um, they gave me my lesson and and I just I started falling in love with it. I was like, man, this is this is cool. I'm, I'm kind of decent at this. Like I was a snowboarder before, uh, you know, I, I'd never skied, but I, I understood the edge control and, and how to how to kind of maneuver the thing. And it's like, you know what? I don't have anything else going for me right now. I'm going to move to to hang out with my buddy in Tahoe who says they got snow until July. Like I'll, I'll spend a season trying to do this. And just kind of never left here, you know. It's been four years going on five. I'm like, this place is cool. <laughs> so, you know, you you now you're consistently working towards that next level. And I think, you know, I I, I talk a lot openly about mental health and mental health awareness and my own mental health. And in fact, you know, I go to crazy school. I mean, I want you to talk a little bit about how you got yourself out of the dark place because i think that's really important for people to realize everybody gets there everybody has that moment in life and how you get out of it like i consistently say the measure of one success is how we learn to deal with problems and i think you know perfect example you've learned to address these problems piece by piece and move forward so i think that would really help a lot of the listeners out there yeah yeah i mean you know the base jumping lifestyle doesn't really lead to to sobriety generally a lot of us like to party and hang out so I, I was living in a place where people traveled to on vacation and we had a house so people would come over and party at our house we were drinking a lot and partying a lot and that that kind of transferred over you know I, I had some substance issues when I was a kid and um, just really liked to to take it as far as I could um, so after I got hurt I had nothing to do nowhere to be back in my hometown hanging out with friends that you know on, on their weekends, they were going to the bars and, and they're like, Hey, Jay, you want to come? So I'm like, yeah, for sure. You know, big smile on the outside, but on the inside, I'm just trying to drink away my sorrows. And, and it was, uh, it's pretty heavy, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to, to, to find another way out of that. So when I found sit skiing, it was, it gave me something different to look forward to in my day than like, okay, what time are my friends off work? Like, okay, what time can we go to the bar or can we go play pool or, or whatever, you know? Um, and it, it, it kind of, I don't know, there's something about getting hurt and having like a good support system around you that feels like 
it's not like you're being pitied, but like you're being like included in, in a way that you're like, I, I just felt like watching my friends kind of wait for me on the corners when I'm walking, you know, super, super slow, just trying my hardest to, to get there that I just, I was like, man, I don't like this feeling. Like I, I appreciate them for the love and the, the caring that they're showing, but it made me feel bad inside that I couldn't keep up and I couldn't do things at the same pace that I used to. So with sit skiing, like it kind of flipped the script and, and like now they're, they're waiting on me or I'm waiting on them at the bottom, you know, I'm, I'm blowing by everyone. I'm like, there's, they're stoked to see how fast I'm going and cruising. I'm, I'm stoked that I'm going that fast. And it kind of started the shift, you know, of, uh, of, of my like self-worth and my confidence, I guess. I think that's a really, really great point. I think self-worth and self-confidence really alleviates a lot of those things, you know, taking that look in the mirror and, and, and feeling it. So you still continuously have to do PT. You're consistently working towards muscle strength and, and things on a regular basis. And I think that's, can you share a little bit about that and, and the importance of that process for you? Yeah, for sure. That was another big thing with the, uh, with the mental, you know, it's kind of depressing going to the gym every day and seeing my upper body have, have great results and, and my lower body just barely ticking along. Um, and I stopped for a long time. I stopped going to the gym. Um, I, I kind of justified it like, well, I can move, I can walk, you know, I'm not getting any stronger. And that was just false. It was just my, my ego trying to make sense of where I was and, and not, not be hurt. Cause it's, it's painful when you go from being extremely strong, you know, in the, in the lower body sense, I was hiking out of canyons every single day, climbing, um, you know, had, had, had really good, good strength in the lower body to, to barely being able to push 10 pounds, you know, on the squat machine and, and like not being able to do, you know, more than, more than five or 10 pounds on the hamstrings. It, it's, it's exhausting mentally to put that much effort in and see that, that little results. But, um, I think I've reached a point where, where I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm appreciative of all the little gains. And I know that the small things stack up into large things and, and you can't get to the, to the big gains without the small gains. So I kind of refocused my energy uh, this year. Obviously, COVID, you know, threw me off the off the workout game, and um, I used that that excuse for a little while to, to be out of the gym. But man, I, I got in touch with my guys at uh, High Fives. They they put me through physical therapy up there. Uh, I got a gym membership this year, so I'm I'm making a really really conscious effort to just focus on it and not let the the little words inside the head stop me from from making the progress I need to make. So let's talk a little bit about stomping grounds. How did that feel when you got the phone call? It, it was insane, man. Um, I actually got the call, uh, I think last year, uh, that, that was saying, Hey dude, we just saw, I, I was able to put together like a little, uh, uh, piece, I guess not even a piece. It's just, there was two jumps at the bottom of a, of a park in uh, Boreal, uh, Tahoe. And, uh, I did a 360 off of one and a backflip off the next one. And I posted it online. And, and that same day, you know, Scott Gaffney, I, I had met him a few times before he, he gave me a pair of skis and I was looking for his movies from the Squallywood book. So I could line up the lines that are, that are mentioned in the book and kind of get the visuals on them. Um, he reached out, he's like, Jay, you're nuts, man. Like we got to get you on. So he, he passed the videos on and, and, uh, we kind of kept in touch about that, but then COVID shut everything down. So um, we, we got in contact uh, this last year, 2021. And uh, he's like, dude, let's, let's do it. I got the camera when he in town and it, it was kind of surreal, man. I, uh, I felt very self-conscious getting in front of the camera. 
I think it took me like five tries to nail the first trick. And I was just like, dude, I land this every single try. What, what's happening? And uh, kind of sunk into it. And, and you know, the rest, it's, uh, I guess, history at this point. But it was, it was wild. I mean, so they came to you and you were skiing in hometown court, right? So it was, but that, the pressure that comes from it. And, and as somebody who grew up watching ski films, which I'm sure you've watched tons now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have that camera moment happen. You choke. I mean, it happens. Like we do it in the, I do it in the kitchen, you know, it happens in life. Um, but to have that opportunity to play in your own backyard and yeah. show the world what can be done is, is amazing. Yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of big for me too, because they're like, Hey, uh, what, what jumps do you want? We're going to build some stuff at the park for you. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? I just do the jumps that are here, you know? Uh, so I had to, I had to kind of do some research and find a couple, a couple of little features that were like different than, than what we normally had. And, uh, they built them and then we got early up. So I'm up there at seven 30 in the morning, you know, it's icy. There's nobody else here. And they're like, okay, guys, we got like 30 minutes until we can get like 30 minutes until no one's like, or while well, no one's here to, to get the shot. I'm like 30 minutes. I haven't even warmed up. Like, what are you talking? I haven't even done these jumps yet. You're so, talking about the park, which, you know, for folks who don't know, 7.30 in the morning at any resort, it's a fucking boilerplate because the sun isn't coming out, hasn't softened up the snow, and your first few turns are going to suck. It's going to just, you're just going to skid everywhere. It doesn't matter how great you are. Um, and that's rough. And if you hit the deck, it's extra hard. Yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah so i had those things going on plus there's like uh you know scott with his camera and then uh uh kate kate abraham kate cabro uh she's the uh wife of one of my high fives buddies uh amazing photographer up there you know there's like another i'm I'm just sitting here like you guys are all here waiting on me to land this like damn it <laughs> what what exact what feature did they build for you was it the hip was it that hip jump so they built, no, the hip, the hip was built for, I think it was an Oakley uh, hip contest, snowboarding hip contest, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, but the, they built this kind of like wedge deal that like comes up on one side that there's, there's an overhead view where I do a 360 over that. And then they also built the one that has like the gap to the whale tail. Oh yeah. 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 yeah that one. So that one was cool. Um, it's just you know it took me a couple tries to get the speed right and I just kept going so fast I was I was kind of almost overshooting it I had to go so slow to get onto that thing it, it took me maybe eight tries to really nail the speed and after that it was game on but it it's uh I don't know I was I was really self-conscious and and uh as soon as that faded away I was like dude just be quiet you got this I turned on some music and I'm like all right cool flowed into it and and it was done from there on I was I was landing it and into the swing of things. So like that first, you know, and, and I think a lot of people, I, I talk about the flow state with a lot. Um, and that happens in cooking, you know, when you get in the groove and it just, you just shut everything off and you're just flying. The only thing I hear is the expediter, what food's needed and my teammates next to me and you're cooking and it just flows and it's great. Right. Yeah. Same thing when you're trying to do what you were doing for, for stomping grounds, you know, you got to hit the trick. So it's like, soon as you hit it that first time then the flow kicks and then it just goes yeah 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 i've got, a weird... <laughs> I've, got I've got like a, a i guess it's not weird but i've got a thing from high school where i was i was in wrestling and i had that that deal with my coach where everything that's going on that's the only voice you hear when you're on the mat 
and he had this deal there's three periods in wrestling and then there's overtime if you if you make it to overtime and i just for for most of my adult life i've used his his like saying of like this is just first period you know you still got second period coming so like whenever stuff's getting rough i'm like all right it's only first period you know i still got two more periods in overtime like it's it helps me to kind of like dial it in rein it back and and kind of focus like you're in it for the long haul like you're gonna you're gonna make it through you just have to have that mental toughness and and get there you know so let, let's talk about some of those lines up on palisades and now for folks out there that don't know palisades squaw has renamed itself palisades which is great but palisades are a very special area at the mountain which is this just beautiful cliff kuar section which is i would say pivotal in the ski world right i mean it changed the game it started with scott schmidt and and pre prior to them um there were people doing flips yes in the late 70s people were doing flips on 215s right skinny skis um but then you had scott schmidt with warren miller and then glenn plake with with uh, greg stump films come in and those shoots were really pivotal in changing the direction of, of the sport that's the then the term extreme skiing came into play then you had shane mcconkey come over and just throw the world into turmoil from from his escapades in the palisades so what is it like and, and let's be honest that is no joke up there uh, right? yeah they're narrow it's a huge cornice ridge. Sometimes it's windblown. Sometimes it's not. It depends on if, if it's been, you know, what the weather's like, but that's a steep line. What does that feel like? Because you had snowboarded before and you understand, you know, the difference. So you're sitting the, the visual, the feel it's totally new. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. I mean, with the snowboard, you can, you can click out pretty easy and take a look over the edge or on skis You can kind of hike down and then like hike back up on the sit ski, my head is just over hip height. You know, if it's, if it's like a roller, I can't really see what I'm looking into. So I gotta, I gotta trust the people I'm with or trust myself to know exactly where I'm at, uh, to be in the right spots. Cause any, any movement to the right or left, I mean, some of these things you're lining up, it's, it's pretty, you gotta, you got a narrow window. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's an understatement, <laughs> narrow window. We're talking narrow window where some of these, some of these QRs are, are narrower than cars. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you're lucky if you get a wide one, right? But then you got some really narrow shoots in there that open up, you know, they bottleneck. And, but that's a really big undertaking. And I don't think people realize, like, I've been skiing since I've been three. I'm petrified. I've always wanted to. I've dreamed of it. It was something I looked up to and always wanted to do. I don't think I could get up there and do it. It's uh, so, so I've only been up on Palisades one time. Uh, I was up there with my sister and she helped me hike my rig up. I carried her snowboard and uh, we got to the top, man. And the wind was just whipping over the top. And we looked at each other like, you down still? <laughs> and uh, we ended up going to this shoot called National Shoot. It's the most wide open and, and straightforward uh, shoot that you can, you can take down. Um, it's basically like the intro to Palisades. And, you know, Palisades is on top of Siberia Ridge and Siberia is a pretty steep hill as it is. So when you're sitting underneath the Palisades looking up, you're like, oh, that's cool. Like I can do that. But you're not taking into account the angle that you're already sitting at. Like when you get up there, it's so steep. 
it's i mean it's it's a pretty wild thing to look down at and be like oh this is what we're doing i don't know <laughs> so we we get into it we made a few turns and, and got down we're like high-fiving all stoked but like it's definitely something that i think uh that was a couple of years ago you know my experience level has has changed uh, a lot since then i feel like i'm ready to go back up and i think this season is going to be the one for it um but it's yeah it's it's definitely they're they're an iconic uh little ridgeline for sure and are you are you with this season open i mean we had a banner december let's just snowfall breaking all records i mean it's been insane up there um and you know we chatted the other day and i was over in south lake and you we were both heading out for the morning when we were chatting about getting on this call how often are you on the mountain are you out there every day uh yeah whenever i don't have anything else to do or if conditions are are appropriate i go out for at least two hours you know it's it's easy enough to to just get out do a couple runs i'm 15 minutes from the hill so from my car to the to the parking lot and to the funatel you know we're looking at 20 minutes and i'm and i'm on the lift um i don't really have an excuse not to go unless it's just like um 80 of the mountain shut down because of wind <laughs> that definitely has been a thing this year um, yeah so what are your goals coming up now i mean are we going to see you in another film this year is that conversation piece already happening because i hope it is because uh, it was so rad to watch yeah, I, you know, I, I hesitate to say like uh, 100% on any of this stuff, but I've talked to Scott uh, at the premiere and, and he was like, yeah, man, I, I was like, dude, I'd, I'd love to do this again if you're down. He's like, I'm, I'm super down. So hopefully we got another MSP thing in the works. Um, talking with a couple of different companies as far as sponsorship goes, because uh, the sponsor dollars go a long way into making uh, the, the different parts available, you know, uh, travel budgets and whatnot. So um yeah i'm i'm training for it as if it's going to happen you know i've got a, a couple of events that are coming up in in the next few months that, that aren't confirmed yet so i really you know it's one of those things i don't want to be like yeah it's happening don't jinx it we won't jinx it go through for some reason so you know there are things on on the plate but uh but yeah uh in the immediate future uh, i've got a new sit ski uh coming on thursday so tomorrow actually it gets here be putting that thing together and taking it out on Friday. It's uh, a third of the weight. It's it's a third less than than what my current rig weighs. I got my my weighs like 34, 36 pounds with the ski, and this is going to weigh 22 pounds without the ski. So that's great. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about the sit ski and the fabrication of it? I mean, are, or is it a titanium and carbon mix, or is there a lot of steel? I think for a lot of folks, I mean, you have a, a suspension system built in there. Um, for people who downhill mountain bike, there's definitely, you know, there's air fill, there's oil, there's spring, there's combo. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of things to take in. Yes. So the, the current setup is uh, aluminum frame with, uh, I've got a steel foot plate on there to kind of keep my feet protected. Um, there's an Elka stage five. Uh, I think it's an ATV shock, actually. It's an oil filled reservoir, um, high speed, low speed compression adjustable as well as uh, rebound adjustability. So you can fine tune that for whatever you're looking to ride. Um, I think it's got six inches of travel, if I'm not mistaken. That's a lot. Yeah, so it's it's pretty good. The new one is, is gonna be a Fox downhill mountain bike uh, shock. And I'm not sure if it's oil or air. I think it's oil, but I'm, I'm not 100%. Um, I'll, I'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's got an extra two inches of travel on it. Um, 
we kind of redesigned the the sit ski to to fit what I'm doing. I was blowing up a weld on the bottom of this uh, sit ski on one of the arms that that connect to the foot plate. Um, I, I was just, it, it, you know, the impacts were were kind of stacking up and and blowing this thing out. So he changed it to I, I'm not sure. I think it's steel on the sides with billeted arms that go up to the oh, to the to the legs. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot more more sturdy for for what we're doing with it. Well, I mean, you're definitely putting them to the test. I mean, that's for sure. There's not many yeah. that are that are pushing the limits like yourself. So, goals wise, you know, when you're when you're out there and you got a new ski, I mean, are you are you working with, you know, are you trying different ski widths? Are you trying different ski lengths? Or are you staying pretty standard to what you're comfortable with at this point? Uh, you know, I, I like to ride mostly off piste and, and in the park. So I found like a 108 to a 116 millimeter, uh, like waist on the skis is, is pretty good for what I'm looking at. Uh, I've been stuck on the Armada JJ for a couple of years now. It's, it's killer for what I'm doing. It's flexible enough, but it's still firm enough to where I can rip turns on groomers if I want to, um, in park, out of park. Uh, it's pretty decent on pow. I think I might need to try something a little wider. Uh, just because it's a single ski and I, I tend to sink. Um, but, but yeah, I, I pretty much stay, I found that my, my length is like 185, you know, it's long enough to where I I'm, get, I'm not like going over the ski whenever I'm dumping forward and I, I got pretty decent control. Um, but yeah, the, the new sit ski, I, I don't know. I, it's, I think that, uh, that extra weight loss is going to help me with the spins and, and speeding up some tricks so I can, I can kind of keep the progression going there what is the response from a lot of folks at the mountain i mean especially kids i'm sure are totally stoked watching you when you come yeah. out through the park they're just their heads are blown what, what what is that like and what is i mean there's such a unique support system up where you are and especially skiing at palisades there's so many brilliant athletes there that i mean that mountain breeds the best right and you're in the yeah. epicenter of it all but having all that kind of support there must just make it so much one more fun and two just allowing you to push yourself and be surrounded by people that have that support for you um it's been cool man i you know i never started this to to gain attention or to progress the sport or anything like that i, I really it's kind of come organically um as i've pushed myself i've broken boundaries of, of what was previously thought possible on this and that uh, the feedback and response that I've gotten from that was, was crazy. Um, the kids absolutely in the park, they, they love it. I get people coming up to me, you know, adults too. They're, they're like, Oh man, you just did a 360. That's, that's inspirational. Like I got no excuse not to try it. You know, it's kind of cool. Um, they're, they're pretty stoked. So it's neat to see like the, the, the different, uh, I don't know, joy and, and effect that, that I'm having on, on people. Uh, what's big for me is in the sit skiing community, I'm getting reached out to by a lot of people who are in similar positions or looking to get into sit skiing uh, or are already in sit skiing and they're racing and, and never really saw a path forward and, and free riding. Um, they're, they're kind of blown away. They're like, what, how do you do this? So I'm, I'm like getting ready to, to do a, uh, a tutorial course for, you know, progressions for spins and, and flips and whatnot uh, to kind of help promote the, the sport evolving in this way um and i think that the the response and the reactions from a lot of these people it, it suggests that we're, we're moving in that direction we're gonna have a crew of people doing the same things i'm doing in the park here in the next couple of years you know i think that's really powerful what you just said i mean and and i really respect that you didn't get into this to 
be in films and for accolades and pats on the back. And, and I think that's, you got into it to be happy and to have fun. Yeah. You know, with that came everything else because you are happy and, and, and it just, it made for a whole new world for you, which I think is, is really awesome and, and really, really powerful. I think you, you've really, it inspired me when I watched you and, and stomping grounds, I just, my head exploded. I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom that idea of how to start that process from going from your accident to getting on the sit ski to saying, Hey, you know what? I think I'm going to throw a fucking backflip today. Like, <laughs> I have no excuse, right? Other than I'm scared shitless, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's it's a really, really powerful message, you know, that anything can be done if you put your mind to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, man, it's cool. I, I'm definitely scared shitless when I do this stuff too. It's It didn't come without fear. <laughs> <laughs> it, was all, it was all little little steps, baby steps that kind of built into bigger things and that confidence built up. And it's like, all right, I think I got this, but I hope I hope I do. <laughs> so to give to give folks an idea, when you when people are doing these ski films, all anybody ever sees is the perfect line, right? Like like that's what makes the big, you know, it's like the cover of the film or like your shit. It doesn't happen like that, right? You I mean when you mentioned it a little bit earlier, you had a couple biffs getting get to get that that shot, but like it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you like to land a 360 or to land the flip, how many times did it take you to actually feel comfortable enough to throw it in a park knowing the landing was going to be a lot harder than, you know, learning on a, I don't know, a pow day or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I, I took uh, I took my progression really slow and and was was learning little basic stuff, you know, how to how to ride backwards, because the first thing I did was 180, you know, um, and, and I had seen a 180 done, so I knew it could be done. I'm like, okay. And uh, I'm taking it off these little jumps and, and I started over rotating and that's where the thought clicked in. I'm like, if I'm over rotating a 180, trying really hard not to over rotate, what if I just tried to take that through and land not riding switch, land at 360. And uh, it came with a, a lot of downhill edge slams where, where my edge that was on the, the low side of me was hitting the ground, followed by my shoulder and head immediately um but i i waited until spring you know when it was real slushy and like good conditions to fall <laughs> like where i'm not hitting that boilerplate or that that like firm hard pack you know landing area I, it, it was it was probably a wise decision on my part to do that um because i think there was probably 10 or 15 like there's probably three or four really good slams before i realized to not hit my downhill edge lean uphill and then after that i'm still hitting hard and, and kind of like, all right, next one. All right, next one. It's, uh, yeah, it's like a little bit of commitment. But after that first one, I knew it could happen. And uh, it was just locked in. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this no matter what. I'm, I'm going to land this. So what does your parents think? I have to ask this because they've gone through, let, let's be real honest here. They've gone through the trauma of you having your accident. And now your mom said, go try sit skiing. And now she's like, holy shit, what the hell did I tell him to do? He's doing backflips. What is wrong with me? <laughs> you know, they, when I, when I was a kid, my mom put me in gymnastics. Like she, okay. uh, she said that I was, I was real wild. I was climbing on things, jumping off the stuff. And, and she's like, you need to learn how to do this safely. Um, so they've always known that I've had that, that more acrobatic style in mind. Um, all the way through my adult years, I was doing flips off of whatever I could jump off of, you know, off my truck, you know, off of picnic benches on the ground, like whatever. 
Um, so I think it was, it wasn't a surprise when I told them that I was going to start doing this. Um, there was definitely concern up front because, you know, they saw me kind of not really able to get around very well. Uh, and now I'm on a sit ski and I'm like nimble again, and I'm able to, to kind of maneuver. I think at first they were, they were pretty concerned, like, you know, you can get hurt worse, right? Like, you know, you could break your back again, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, I, I do know that. But like, I'm out here every day doing this stuff like as safely as I possibly can. At some point, I got to push the envelope a little bit, calculated risks. And I think that they they trust my judgment quite a bit as far as that stuff goes, especially after seeing the, the successful track record in sit skiing. They're like, okay, you know, they find out about it after I do it. So I'm obviously <laughs> safe. <laughs> um, amazing. Hey, mom, check out this film. What? The <laughs> Yeah, no, my mom's super supportive. She came out here and uh, and has skied with me a couple times. Um, they were out here actually while we were filming the first the first bit of that. Her and my sister, and my girlfriend, were out here and and uh, they, you know, she was she's excited. She's you know happy to see me happy and and to see me like being successful. I guess at, at what I'm trying. I mean, obviously, like I said, this was never a, a goal or or a, a, it was never a thought in my mind when I started that, that I was going to be doing this, but now that it is, and now that it's very clear that like, there's a path here. Um, I think she's, she's probably one of my biggest supporters as far as like, she said, Hey, did you get a hold of the Paralympic coach and see if you guys can talk about getting free riding into the Paralympic? You know what I mean? She's, That's she's awesome. pushing me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So for one, I'm hoping you come up this winter and I'd love to cut some turns with you. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm a telly guy. I'm going to be a lot slower than you because you're going to have a feeling you're going to rip it. But <laughs> I'd love to come up and cut some turns with you because it's just, I, I love being in the snow and the magic that it creates is just pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's do it, man. Like I said, I'm here for most of the year. There's going to be a couple ins and outs, but let's touch base and absolutely make it happen. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Are you ready for the quick fire? All right, let's do it. Super <laughs> easy, right? Okay. okay. Hamburger, hot dog. Hamburger. Ketchup, mustard. Ketchup. French fry, onion rings. French fry. Okay. Uh, nigiri, sashimi. Ooh, sashimi. That's the one without the rice, right? Yep. Yeah. Sea urchin caviar. Uh, I'm not a big fan of either. Actually, no, to be fair, I haven't tried caviar. Uh, There's no wrong uh, answers, so don't. It's just personal preference. Everybody, uh, it's interesting to see people's different, different thought process. Let's go caviar. I think I'd like that better. <laughs> <laughs> I know, unpopular opinion. <laughs> it's just, it's fun. It's this, I do this with everybody, so it's kind of all over the place. Um, dark beer, light beer? Uh, light beer. Brown spirits, white spirits? Brown spirits. Which brown spirit? Uh, whiskey or bourbon kind of go through phases red wine white wine red wine hmm it's getting it's getting a calzone or pizza Ooh, depends on where you get the calzone man but pizza usually <laughs> oh wow it's always fun to see how people react to this right it's like you get yeah. what who uh 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 um now I forgot. Okay. Uh, dumplings, ravioli. Dumplings. Noodles, pasta. Uh, noodles. It's interesting, right? You think about that. Yeah. It's both 
there, you know, one took from the other. So then you've got like this, ooh, is it ramen? Is it pho? Is it, oh, or what about spaghetti? You know, it's like you play this game. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big pho guy myself. And I love ramens. And it's, I think fettuccine is a, is a pasta, right? But is it, it's also kind of more noodly. No, I mean, well, that's the thing. And it's a funny, funny process, right? Pasta being your traditional Italian style. And when you say noodles, people think automatically, uh, they go towards rice noodles or Asian noodles, right? But also, yeah. if you, some people call pasta noodles. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah that's me. In Italy, it's just pasta. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Chocolate fruit. Ooh, fruit. That's, that's the one. Coffee tea. Tea. Really? Yeah. I'm not a big coffee guy, man. It makes my heart just. There you go. That answers that. Um, raw clams or raw oysters? Raw oysters. I've never had raw clams. Oh, wow. I'm in Florida. That's a pretty big thing. In Florida, I grew up in the Northeast. So actually, you know what? Yeah, little neck, like little, but they weren't raw, were they? I don't think they were raw. Well, you can have them baked, right? On the half shell, casino, clams casino, or you can have them, or you can have them raw. I used to have them raw as a kid. Yeah, we got an oyster bar in, in the town that I grew up in. Oof, so good. <laughs> Grandma Georgie's. <laughs> it's beef or pork. Usually, usually beef. Chicken or duck. Chicken. I say that just because I have it the most, but I had some duck the other night, and it was amazing. And that's the thing, you know. It's like, there, like I said, there's no wrong answer. It's just, you know, what it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> favorite favorite fast food. Uh, Chick Fil A. Wow, you're my son's favorite now. <laughs> he makes me do that on the trip up north every single time. Uh, you stop in Roseville or whatever? Uh, no, we stop in uh, Folsom. There's one right. Oh, I guess. If, are you in, are you down in the Bay? Where are you at? Yeah, we're in SF. So we drive up from and head up 50 and then stop in Folsom. Uh, up 50, that makes sense. Yeah, because off 80, there's one right off Roseville. <laughs> <laughs> uh favorite junk food man i don't know i've been on a chip kick i like goldfish though goldfish yeah the pizza ones <laughs> <laughs> they're good you the problem is is they're crushable and you can just keep going yeah oh yeah i got a bag right here i'm like halfway through it's three days in <laughs> oh my god awesome well if people want to follow you on instagram what's the best way uh, it's uh, jraw1695, J-A-Y-R-A-W-E-1695. And definitely they should all check you out on Stomping Grounds uh, for sure. And uh, I'm actually going to put a link to that segment on this podcast for people to watch. Folks, there's a lot of really great information out there. And I think, you know, what Jay's done is, is really shaping a whole new style of skiing um and really helping a lot of people out there get out enjoy themselves have fun uh after they were told they might not be able to so uh jay is there anybody out there that you think people can look towards or um really work with to help get other people on sit skis um i know there's high five correct today yes so the high fives foundation is a great resource uh, if you've been injured in mountain sports um i think they're also uh, they include military as well so um any anybody with disabilities from the military 
um, traumatic brain injuries. They they do a lot to to help the community. I think they have over 400 athletes now that they that they've been helping support. Uh, they provide resources uh, like grants for equipment or for training. They do camps to kind of give you a taste of what the different sports are to see if you like it, and then they can help you get into it. Uh, it's an amazing group of people. Uh, based out of Truckee, but they they work with people all over the country. I'm not sure if they do international, but I, I do know it's it's nationwide. Awesome. Jay, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you've got to get going. You've got to get to the mountain and you got to cut some turns today. I'm jealous. I'm going to be here. I'm going to go sit on an indoor trainer in my garage. So, but uh, thanks again for joining us and I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to that day when we get to cut some turns together. Yeah, same, man. Thank you so much.